Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Swiss Football Show. I am here joined once again, not by Giacomo Notari. He is absent today, but by Ludovic, who has already been on the show one time a couple of weeks ago. And he's now here to discuss with me everything that has happened uh, in the last days. Um, Ludo, how are you? Good, good. Thank you. Hello, Manuel. Hello, everyone. And uh, yeah, we will be with Giacomo next time, I guess. But uh, today we do it. You and me, it's going to be all right. So I'm looking forward to what you prepared for us. So let's go. Let's go. Indeed, let's go. And uh, the elephant in the room, obviously, is the World Cup draw, which took place uh, on Friday. Uh, we are recording this on Monday. So now we have had the weekend to process what has happened. And it's been quite a lot because the, the draw, frankly, um, has been very stressful and, well, a bit controversial. Um, Switzerland, in case you somehow don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you you, you know, um, I'm not talking about you, Lido. I'm talking about the, our <laughs> listeners. I'm pretty sure you guys have already heard of it. Switzerland is in nearly the same World Cup, World Cup group as in 2018. Um, they join Brazil, Serbia and Cameroon in what looks like a very dangerous group. And uh, the reception of the group and the, of the draw result hasn't been um, that good here in Switzerland, let's say. And we are, all of us, a little bit disappointed, a little bit shocked, maybe even. And we're here to talk about it and uh, also discuss some, some scenarios, what could happen at the World Cup with these teams. And we have also, uh, obviously, a little bit Super League prepared for you guys, um, because there are also one or two stories that we'd like to talk about. But uh, for now, I think uh, we should start with the World Cup draw. Ludovic, what was your initial reaction to the draw result? Yeah, uh, you said the word, it was stressful. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I was on the way back. So I was really stressed. And I said, okay, no, I cannot make that in the bus. I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to come back home, start again with 10 minutes delay, kind of. So I was on my phone say, okay, don't look at your WhatsApp, don't you the chat, don't look at Facebook, anything, because you have 10 to 7 minutes delay. And I was like, okay, what's coming, what's coming? And then I saw Brazil, I said, oh no, oh no, again. And then, of course, Serbia. And then I thought, okay, Costa Rica is the next. No, finally, even worse, maybe for, I mean, for Switzerland. <laughs> and uh, yeah, little shocked, epic, surprised. Funny, maybe. Let's take it in the good side. I think Murat Yakin is the only one who didn't have like the mask. <laughs> he took it with a smile. So let's take it with a smile. We go again against Serbia, again against Brazil. We know how to play them. We already play them. And uh, yeah, it's a World Cup. So if you want to pass, you need to beat these strong teams. And I think in the past, we already struggled against small teams like it was Ecuador in, 2000, yeah, in Brazil. Uh, we won, but it was not easy. So if we win again against Serbia, let's see. Yes, I mean, you're totally right. If you're at the World Cup, you will need to play against the best of the best, obviously. And you're actually there to play the best of the best. Otherwise, you wouldn't even qualify, obviously. Um, you're there to, to play the best. You're there to, to make something happen, make something historic happen, maybe even against one of those opponents. But... Um, 
obviously, um, if you just look at the opponents, you are like, mm, okay. I mean, uh, to me, it felt like we got more or less the strongest possible opponent of each pot. If you look at the possible opponents from pot one, obviously, um, there were the likes of England, Spain, Portugal, France, Argentina, etc. But I feel like Brazil um, right now is again at a, at a very, very good level and maybe even at a better level than in 2018. So um, they are probably one of the toughest sides you could have get, you, you could have gotten from pot one. If you look at pot three, Serbia is pretty much the toughest opponent. I mean, Senegal, African champions, would have been very tough as well. Poland is difficult as well. We know that. Uh, but the rest, I mean, Japan, Morocco, South Korea, Tunisia, they all look far less threatening than Serbia. And from pot four, Cameroon, um, who have left a very good impression at this year's Africa Cup of Nations, um, they also, they and probably together with Canada, were looking like the most tough opponent. And uh, yeah, we just got all the tough guys. And uh, I mean, personally, I was hoping for something a little bit different, not because I don't want to play like the good guys or the strong guys, but just because I wanted to have something different. You know, you have these World Cups all four years. Um, you're waiting a, a long time for these games. Um, and for me personally, like uh, one of the most interesting thing about the World Cup is playing teams that you usually wouldn't play, right? But now you play two teams who you already played in the last edition of the World Cup. So that's a little bit underwhelming, to be honest, also from that perspective. But against Cameroon, um, I'm actually looking forward to that game the most because we have never, ever played against Cameroon in an official match. Um, so that's going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what you said. That the first thing is Brazil and Serbia are stronger than on the last edition, for sure, I think. Switzerland also, so let's see. But the group in general is stronger. And yes, I was also expecting to play other teams just to discover something. Because as you say, World Cup is every four years. It's like a, it's a mix of all the continents. And I know we're playing... Senegal or playing USA, why not? Or one time Tunisia, it could be something different. Now, let's see. It's the same more or less group, and yeah, let's go with that teams. Maybe we're not going details for this time, but next, I think in 2026, we will be with 48 teams. So, let's, there is more, one more chance to qualify and maybe to play against another team, but. For now, let's go with that and let's take it. No choice, but absolutely, it will have been more fun to play against a new country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, obviously, all of us um, ahead of the draw, we were thinking like, mm, okay, which opponents would I like to play? And I'm just wondering... Yeah, which one do you want, Emmanuel? <laughs> yes, I, exactly. That was what I was going to, to ask you as well. Um, why, why not let's get, why not uh, give our like our uh, our dream groups like the, the the groups that we would have hoped for for switzerland all right should all right. i start let's go um all right i actually i hoped for something a little bit different um, than what we got um i hoped for from pot one argentina now argentina obviously um they won uh, the uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, they are Copa the, America. Copa America, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> 
So uh, they are in a very, very good momentum as well, but we still have business open with them from 2014. Uh, so my preferred draw from pot one would have been Argentina. Uh, from pot three, I would have actually went with Senegal because yes, they are tough, um, but they are a very, very, very exciting team. And Switzerland has never played an African team again since 2006, where we played Togo in Germany. And uh, so I was, I just desperately wanted to play an African opponent again. So um, my wish was for Senegal from pot three and from pot four, I was hoping for Canada who are decent as well, uh, but they have only now qualified for the second time in their history. And uh, they also look very entertaining and they are definitely a team that Switzerland would most likely beat, even though they have a, a couple of world-class players, even with the likes of Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David, um, which would make the tie even more interesting. Um, but I think all in all, uh, Switzerland would have made it out of that group more easily than they will have now uh, with Serbia, I think. You think? I'm, I mean, I like your group, but I don't agree totally to your feeling that it's easy. I mean, Argentina, whatever happens, we don't know really. It could be a tough game, but we don't know. Senegal, definitely strong and Canada careful, I think. It looks easier on the paper for sure, but careful. I'm not sure. Imagine we finish third on that group. Oh, and then and then it's worse than. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I didn't really, uh, you know, uh, when I when I uh, was looking for the possible opponents uh, last week, I didn't really like put my group together in terms of what is the most easy group or the easiest yeah. group to get through, but more like which opponents would I just love to see us play. Because like I said, if not you tell me Qatar. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Qatar would have been the obvious choice if you just want to get through, even though, you know, we should be careful also with Qatar because they beat us in 2018. We should true, never, ever true. forget that. Um, but uh, no, I mean, uh, like, we, like we said, World Cup is just, um, you know, it's a big party and you play those teams that you usually wouldn't. And uh, I just I just went with, with opponents that I also just like to see play you know if, if they if, if i can if i if i can watch games from senegal canada etc then i am usually watching these games um so it would have been uh, very very interesting for me personally personally to see the nazi play against these opponents but obviously you're right uh, the group isn't necessarily easier than the one we got all right but what's what's your choice um, yeah, I cannot change because I was thinking of Argentina too. So let's go because you said we have something to do with them. We have, we have to give an answer. The, the story is not over. So who knows? Maybe in semifinal. No. So now <laughs> Argentina also for top one. And for pot three, I will say Japan because we don't play that much against Asian teams. So Japan as a pot three. And as a pot four, I was hesitating, but uh, I will go for uh, Tunisia. Africa, Asia, South America, Europe, World Cup. Oh, oh, but careful. I think Tunisia was in pot three Tunisia as well. Was that three. wouldn't have went. That, that, I think that wouldn't ah, have went. You're Wait, right. let, let me check. Let me check. Yes. No, I think yes. you're right because it's the. Yeah, Tunisia yeah, yeah. wouldn't have. So, Tunisia and Japan wouldn't work. So instead of Tunisia, I will take. The qualifier between Peru and we will see who's coming. <laughs> so Peru and the... Or the or... Uh, Oceania. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we are still four continents. Yes. That, Peru would have been an exciting tie as well. I agree. 
Yeah, so, so that, I mean, it's a good surprise. Yeah. I mean, so we just we just realized there would have been many, many more exciting games than the ones we got. That, at least that's my feeling. Uh, but you know, um, well, the draw has spoken, and now it's reality. Uh, we will face Brazil and Serbia again, plus a very sharp-looking Cameroon. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, in the media ahead of the ahead of the World Cup, one game will be probably the most discussed um it's obviously the serbia game uh yeah. because after the last time um well that game really it caused an earthquake here in switzerland uh it caused political um and uh, a, a whole national debate about dual citizenships about real and wrong swiss people well not wrong but you know just like real swiss people by blood and Swiss people by passport, so to speak, and uh, all, all of that, all of that stuff was brought up in the media, and the right wing parties were throwing in some some fire as well. Um, so it's just that, that whole mixture, that whole atmosphere ahead of that game um, is going to be very, very tough, very tense, and I fear also very aggressive from the Serbian side because they do feel betrayed from be. the last time. They want revenge. They want exactly, revenge. exactly. They 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 see it as like as their opportunity to get revenge for the last time. <clears throat> um, obviously, Jaka and Shakiri with their. Uh, eagle uh, celebration which is a national nationalistic symbol from albania it wasn't very welcome with the serbian fans who we have to say it here um did uh did their part in uh, provocation ahead of the game and during the game with racial slurs to the albanian uh, the albanian uh, players from switzerland um so it's just very very aggressive very tense and obviously honestly i I'm not looking forward to that game, in all honesty. Yeah, honestly, I mean, me neither. I'm not looking forward because for the older reason we said also because it's a repetition game and we already did that game. So, yeah, but now we have to go. I just hope that there's a new generation also. It's these new guys, you know, uh, Okafor, Vargas. Uh, you also have Omeragic, I hope, if he's better after his injury. Uh, even Mbabu was not here. So these guys doesn't have a history with that team so I hope they can bring fresh air and say to the guys I mean to Chaka, Shakiri, okay let's go let's forget we play against Serbia it's just a game we go and let's do it and maybe Murat Yakin will have also this smartness to to put them in that place after for the Swiss media it's always the same I mean I'm already seeing the first page of the newspaper I'm so nothing to do yeah 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 um but i think maybe we should leave the world cup draw for now uh, because obviously it's still a very long time to go until then many things can happen and uh, i think we will be discussing the world cup uh more than enough later this year exactly when it's coming closer i think for now we should uh, close the chapter swiss nazi with one or two remarks on their performances during the international break um switzerland faced england and kosovo in two friendlies um especially the first one against england was um a good game i felt um switzerland was wasn't very well rewarded with a uh, if a very narrow 2-1 loss in the wembley stadium um, especially the first half, though, was very impressive. Um, the second friendly against Kosovo, um, 
which resulted in a 1-1 draw, was rather uh, less euphoric. <laughs> it was, wasn't was a very good game, um, but that if, if, if we are honest, that whole that whole game against Kosovo was also for other reasons. Um, yeah. the, the main emotional point, game. Exactly. It was a very emotional game for uh, the big, big, big Kosovo diaspora that's living in Switzerland. Um, so that it was just a beautiful event, um, but it wasn't... Um, a, a, yeah, good, a good game sportive. of football per se. Yes, I mean the Indians are friendlies, um, so you can try out some things, and uh, you know they work or they don't work. In this case, they didn't really work, uh, but still, I think my personal um, opinion, uh, if we consider these two games, is that the Swiss Nazi has started in a positive way into this new year, all in all, in an emotional way, and I think they are ready for the new challenges. Yeah, I think if there is one lesson to, to remember, you said it, we started well, we played well against England, we have to say it. After Kosovo, yeah, as I said before, it was an emotional game, you try something, you try some new players, a good surprise of Jordan Lotomba, we have to say. And uh, also um, confirmation that we have two or three or four good goalkeepers, uh, it's going to be a little headache for uh, Murat Yakin. So one, two, three lessons to take for the next months. And that's it. I mean, yeah. Yes, I mean, you're right. Uh, you, you already uh, did name the player that I wanted to talk about, Shodan Lotomba. Um, I think he was something like the, the winner of this international break, so to speak, for Switzerland. Uh, because before he wasn't really in the spotlight, uh, he was also not called up in autumn by Joachim for the World Cup qualification games. And uh, now he did call him up because he is actually playing a very solid season with Roger Nice in Ligue 1. Um, he's getting a lot of minutes. And now he started for Switzerland in that game against Kosovo. He was very active on that uh, first on the on the on the left uh, left left back position. Uh, afterwards. Um, he was moved to the right side when Rodriguez came in um, and he scored the very important equalizer against Kosovo, a beautiful header, all in all, a very good impression. So, uh, Ludo, do you do you see him joining the World Cup plane? Did, does he get a ticket? What do you think? Wow. Um, maybe. really depends because we're still like uh, six months ahead. But he has the capacity to buy his ticket. And uh, it also depends on his competitors on that position. But as I see for now, he has definitely a strong chance. So let's go. 70% he will be with his suitcase for Qatar. I mean, um, that he, he's right-footed, but he can play on that left side. And I think yeah. that is going oh. to be very, very important because Switzerland doesn't have tons of left-backs. Um, only Ricardo Rodriguez, who is actually always performing. I mean, there are guys like Lois Penito, François Moubanger, but their days, their days are over, right? <clears throat> yeah. And look physically. Now you know against which team you're going to play. You're going to play against Brazil, Serbia, Cameroon. I think you need this kind of physical player, fast, young player. And he might be also one of the keys. If we play well against that team's, Maybe Moratakin is also going to think which player is okay against that team, and it might might be a chance for Jordan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and all in all, I think what Switzerland did lack for a long time on the on the left left back side is uh, pace and dynamism. 
because Rodriguez obviously he's he's not that fast. He his biggest strengths are uh, defensively, um, and he's a good set, set piece taker as well. Uh, but he's not a a a very dynamic, explosive. Uh, yeah, fullback. exactly. This we need. We need play like that. Yes, and we does we do have it on the right side with Mabu with Wittmer, um, but we don't have it on the left side. So if Lotomba can do it on the left, um, I also think that his World Cup ticket is very very likely. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Let's let's close the chapter Swiss national team and uh, move on to the Super League. Ludovic, what's your main takeaway point from this weekend? Wow, the main takeaway, I mean, is the, the team who is going to be relegated can still win 4-1 on a top game. No, let's <laughs> joke. Uh, no, I mean, you can also think Young Boys will not make it no more this season or if Zurich has his champion ticket or place two is going to be very, very high competitive. Basel, St. Gallen, Young Boys, Lugano. Who is going to fail without a European ticket? That's also a question. Yes. Um, my personal takeaway point from this weekend was that young boys have lost themselves. <clears throat> Because, you know, it, it, I, I saw it also on Twitter and I fully agree with it. Um, eBay... In the past, uh, in the past four years, eBay they dominated the league. They dominated it with their physicality, with their pace, uh, just with their their manpower. Yeah, the Now, speed. Their speed, exactly. Yeah. With just, they were just more athletic and yeah. uh, just uh, fitter and stronger, also physically than all the other opponents. Now this has somehow disappeared. Um, they looked way more. How should I say? Just, uh, just way weaker in in in, in like a, a physical way. Team. In a physical way, yeah. like a normal team. Just they, they have lost their standout physical dominance, and it really it, it was really strikingly obvious in that game against Basel um, that you know just this team that has been ruling the Super League for the last four years is basically now just a shadow of its former self. Yeah, we were speaking about that last time with Giacomo and you, and about Vanetta, what can he bring? Does he get his chance or not? But for now, as you said, it's completely over a team. They need to find themselves back. If not, I'm really worried about place three for them. Uh, honestly, I said it in an introduction, but who knows? Who knows? And I don't know exactly about financial side, but if they don't go into Europe, be in a competition, What's going to happen? Do they need to sell even more players? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they will, you know, they, they will need to rebuild. That's that's obvious. They will need to rebuild. The question is if you are doing it uh, with bringing in loads and loads of new players or maybe you're giving a chance to your young players from your own academy because they are some very interesting players. They like are. Well, Amanda. Yes. Aurel Amenda, um, 18-year-old central back, 18 or 19, I'm not sure. Um, he was subbed on against Basel just after 10 minutes for Fabian Lustenberger, who went out. And th that was very, very interesting that Matteo Vanetta decided not to bring 
Mohamed Kamara, but to go with Aurel Amenda. Um, Amenda is tall, physical, fast, good on the ball, um, very, very talented, one of the brightest Swiss defensive prospects. And he was thrown in there, and I felt like he was. He did a very solid game. And Vanetta knows this player because he knows the youth player. And the same for the defensive. You have also Bloom. I don't remember Levin his Bloom. first name. Yes. Levin mm-hmm. Bloom. He came from the back. And how with this coach, how can it go? I mean, he can give me give him some impulse. And I think, as you say, if you build. With a smartness, this team with Christoph Speaker, which is also a smart guy, we all know it, then we'll come back. But how and when? I mean, um, you know, I I think um, an option is also to kind of sell all these players that were at the club now for a couple of years that have. You know, eBay, they, they have kind of missed the the right moment to rebuild their squad when it was still possible. Because players like Christian Fasnacht, Mumin Gamalö, um, uh, uh, Cedric Zesiger, and so on, Uli, Uli Garcia, they have been there now since a very long time. They, they won so many titles. And it just feels like a new generation has to step up now. And I feel like... Um, some of that already happened in winter when Nsami and Abishur were sold, but I have a feeling that we will see a even a, a greater rebuild now in summer with many more players uh, that have been at the club for years uh, leaving. I, I think that's a, a, a possibility. Yeah, definitely possible. And you also said they had to do it before, but maybe they couldn't because of all the financial COVID situation and they tried to do it this winter was maybe not the best moment and they couldn't bring new players already in a team before because of that. Yeah, so let's see. It's going to be very interesting the next month, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but let's move on from eBay to another team, to Lausanne Sport. You already touched on them briefly as well. Um, they were, or they maybe they still are, but they definitely were ahead of, ahead of this game against Servet. They were... Uh, dead a dead team um not enough quality a very bad spirit around the club um and so on and so on so the question is here what on earth has happened that lausanne can tr- just trash servet with 4-1 i don't know really as you said they were nowhere in the no man's land and now the beat Servet, but it's not by chance. It's really they dominated that game. And it's, it was a big victory. Nothing to say. I mean, absolutely well done. I don't think it's going to save them because it's too late, very late. But I don't know what happened. Maybe the, the new coach finds some new impulse. And you have, of course, that great striker. I mean, they can do three goals this weekend. Top, top performance. I don't know. My, maybe they already they found now a little system and how they want to play. Let's see. Let's see the next game because you always have like the fall down again. I mean, very possible. But for this uh, game, for the derby, the Geneva, der- Geneva Lake derby, like Clermont in French, absolutely great performance. But what exactly was going on with Servet? 
I don't know, they were not here. They didn't arrive in the stadium. I mean, yes, if you take the first minute, they, they started well, but then they completely disappeared. And I will say they were tired, but I don't see why they were tired. I don't see any reason. <laughs> and also what, what was a little bit astonishing was that Alain Geiger uh, didn't even call up Garcia Dimeri for the game. I think uh, he was yeah, given like, he a break or something. Exactly. Yeah, he said he was uh, uh, he was not playing because he needs some uh, break and he's a little exhausted. Yeah, he was playing with, with the Swiss national team uh, under 21. Yeah, okay. Maybe he thought we can beat Lausanne without my best player. This was maybe the huge mistake. It was a huge mistake because, like you said, Lausanne's best player, he was there, he turned up and he brought some heat to start de la Tullière. Uh, one of the best individual performances of this season in the Super League, no doubt about that. Zeki Amduni, 21 years old, came from Stadlos and Ushi in summer from the Challenge League. Also a striker of the U21 national team. Um, he's just in big, big, big form right now. He has now scored in three consecutive league games, um, which makes it... And he played for Switzerland and, under 21 and played too. And scored for Switzerland. He scored, and scored. He scored two goals against Wales. So now, now let's do the math. He scored in three consecutive <laughs> games in the league with all in all five goals plus two goals in two games for Switzerland, which makes it seven goals in five games. So Zekiam Duni has seven goals in his last five games for club and country. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, this youth player, as you said, came from the over team of Lausanne, Stade Lausanne, Uchi, And it's one of the only transfer that doesn't come from France or like an under-division uh, league, I don't know. And this was a very, very smart move. But And now, finally, he's coming, he's coming, and he's reaching his topness. Uh, the question is, I mean, everyone knows that. Is he going to stay in Lausanne if if they get, or because they're going to get relegated? And what is he going to do? Where is he going to go? Because this guy has a potential, and now he has a value. How much? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're right. Um Obviously, that victory doesn't change the fact that Lausanne will be relegated. Um, it's just too big of a, of, of a gap to, to the ninth place. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Zeki Amduni is not going to stay if they are get, get relegated to the Challenge League. There's not a chance. Um, I mean, he has to be an object of interest for each and every Super League club. Basel, eBay, maybe Zurich with their championship money. Who knows? Um, but... I would be very, very surprised to see Seki Amduni wearing a Lausanne Sport shirt next summer. Yeah, impossible, kind of. Uh, I mean, Do you have a favorite destination for him? Uh, I think as he's playing, I will see him, why not in Basel? I mean, or he's doing like the Kiri and uh, he goes abroad, or Lausanne sell him with an OGC Nice, I don't know, like kind of uh, satellite team, I don't know, but he could be definitely a good player for FC Basel because he has the system that David Degen wants. And uh, he's also one of those exciting prospects from Switzerland because I, I remember Degen said 
that uh, when, when he was when he was asked about why Basel was bringing in so many youth players from abroad, mm -hmm. he said because there aren't enough quality talents in Switzerland. Yeah, Seki Amduni, yeah. exactly. Seki Amduni though is a quality talent from Switzerland, which means that he, in that logic, has to be an object of interest uh, for Basel. And obviously, um, their attack is still uh, in, let's say, under under construction <laughs> <laughs> since Cabral left. Um, and with a, a partnership with Dan and Doy on the right and Liam Miller on the left and him up front, I think that would be very exciting. Yes, but I mean, I think, as you said, FZ said, we'll have money. And young boys already had an eye on him. You know it. So he will have the choice. Qual of the choice, as we say in German. So, yes, the, the Qual der Wahl. Yes, you say in German exactly. He will, he has to, uh, wow, how should I say that? Um, just he, it's, he, he has to make a very tough choice because every club will try to get him, definitely. Or maybe Amduni would also be a candidate for a big move abroad. Um, you already mentioned maybe he does a Andy Zekiri move. Uh, I don't hope so. I really don't. I don't see him going anywhere near the Premier League or anything of, of that, that, uh, that silly stuff. Uh, if he goes abroad, then I do hope to a league uh, like the level of maybe the Bundesliga or maybe Belgium or, or the Netherlands. But um, personally, I would really enjoy seeing him at least one other year in Switzerland uh, at a bigger club. Like you said, uh, Basel has to be after him, will be after him, eBay as well. And maybe FTZ with the title money could be a real option. Yeah, I mean, his choice is endless. And um, he, I think he should better stay one more year, build a little more in this country. I mean, the league that he knows, because going to Premier League, I don't see him at all, as you said. He's going to be too too lost, yeah. And even France, I'm not sure it's a really smart move. No. He better stay in one of the top teams of Switzerland. I mean, there is enough teams. Should be Basel. And if it's uh, Zurich or Jungboys, I'm sure he's going to play. Yes, and if you perform in eBay, Basel or Zurich um, and you grab uh, some goals, uh, you, do, you have a nice development, then there's also already a possibility of getting a Nazi call-up, I think. Yeah, and you play M21, you play maybe mm -hmm. European competition. Who mm -hmm. knows? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we can agree on that. Um, so let's move on to the last talking point of today, um, which is not only uh, was there the Lac Le Mans Derby this weekend, there was also the highly anticipated Zürcher Derby between GC and FZZ. Um, FZZ, they, their winning streak uh, came to an end. And... Um, they uh, were held to a 1-1 draw against Geetze. It was a, a difficult game for Zurich. They missed a penalty. Marquezano put it on the post early in the first half. And after that, they just weren't their usual self. Um, and Geetze had a very strong performance, we have to say that, and uh, really earned that point. Yeah, absolutely. I think FTZ can be happy with that point at the end of the game. And I don't know where Gates found this energy, but the Giorgio Continuo was also 
under very high pressure and uh, he managed it. He brought a point. He saved his seat for now. And after um, that, if you look now at the classification, you can be very happy with that point. Basel and eBay 1.2, so no changes. One game more done, one game less to play, and one game more close to the title. <laughs> and it's sad because <laughs> you're, you're losing on a ragged in that game. So that's the big negative point. But mm-hmm. in other words, they're, they're okay. They, they continue the way. Mm. Yeah, totally. But like you said, and that was my main, uh, how should I say, just um, my main uh, negative point from this whole week of football was that Omeragic injury. Yeah, it really, yeah. I, I, I was really, I, I do feel still now very sad uh, after hearing what has happened. Um, Omeragic, he will be out uh, until the end of the season. Season's over for him. He will. He won't be there for the title. He won't be there uh, for the Nazi in June. Um, and he might as well miss his opportunity to get a big transfer, which is also exactly. extremely, extremely, extremely sad. I mean, maybe so he's going to stay at FT Zurich because I don't see him now move with an injury. No. But uh, all the, situation, the whole situation is very sad because, yeah, so close to the title for him, he played a strong season. He was stressful to FTZ. He stayed. And now it's ending like that. I mean, yes, he will be here for celebration, but it's sad for him. And I mean, I mean, even if he still uh, does get a transfer in summer, um, then that means that this already was his last game for Zurich, and <laughs> yes. it would it would be a real big shame to that story because he has been fantastic over the course of these last couple of years, and he is, we found it out, together with uh, some other exciting players, uh, the future of the Swiss defense, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it always it's always devastating to see such a talented player suffering such um, a, a, a you know a nasty injury, um, but seeing Omaragic uh, getting hit again uh, because he already has had some injuries in the past is it's really tough, and I do feel sad for him, and I just hope that he can get back as soon as possible and uh, get back to his old level, which is very important uh, because yeah, otherwise, um, <laughs> I mean. Imagine uh, you play so high on that level, uh, you get so many offers, then you get injured, you fail to get back to that level, and your career is just crushed. Uh, I just, I pray and I hope that this won't happen to Omaragic. I really don't. Yeah, we all. Uh, but for now, maybe we could uh, talk about uh, another FC the defender I was just thinking about. Um, he scored the goal for Zurich to rescue a draw. Uh, I'm talking about Kosovar centre-back Fidan Aliti, um, who is, in my eyes, one of the most underrated players in the league. Very solid, doesn't make any mistakes, good on the ball. Um, he's also strong in duels, has a, 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 a physical quality, um, and he's a real leader. Um, already has over 40 caps for the Kosovar national team. Um and he's born originally, I think, in Basel. So seeing a Basel-based player play a big role for Zürich in winning their title over Basel is an exceptional story as well. Uh, but I think Fidan Aliti is one of those players that you can easily overlook, but who are very important for the whole collective of their team. Yeah, and as you said, underestimated player. Um, 
but I saw it this season. He was playing, as you said, better and better and better. And I think Andre Breitenreiter has also his little uh, his positiveness on this player because you can see his shape, his hand on that team and on that kind of players. Maybe he needed a uh, coach like him. And this season is absolutely brilliant. Yes, for sure. And I also feel like if Aliti maybe isn't one of those players that in their, I think he's now already 28 or 29 years old, like who in that age could possibly still get a nice contract somewhere else. So if we're talking about all these Cisse, Dumbia, Omaragic rumors, um, I think one player who could also be an option um, for a transfer is Fidanaliti because in his age, 28, 29, um, this yeah, is one of your last opportunities. Chance. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So if he does get a nice bid, a nice contract offered, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he takes it. Um, but it would be a very big loss for Zurich, obviously. No more defense, eh? If you lose both. <laughs> Maragic, also, Mirlin Kriesu is also playing brilliantly. Um, true. I, but you I'm see, pretty again, sure he will get offers as well. Didn't. Yes, yes. Um, I'm pretty sure he could be an object of interest as well on the market. So, as I said, really could lose half of their team in summer. Um, but I think that's a, a whole new topic that we can talk about when it's actually the time after this yeah, season. Yeah, let I the rumors be rumors and exactly. it will speak later. Exactly. I think for now we can close today's episode, Lido. Um, it was a real joy talking to you. Thank you so much for being with me on the show. And thank you, listener, for tuning in once again. I hope you liked the. Uh, our our episode and uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Emmanuel, to inviting me in the name of Camedia and uh, see you soon. <laughs>